This podcast is sponsored by Buxton in Bayside, the premier Bayside real estate agency. Welcome to the Bayside Bubble. I am Marie Lacey, and together with my co-host Kate Harvey, we are delighted to share fun and fascinating stories that make Bayside one of the best places to live in the world. The Bayside Bubble podcast is all about our local community, connecting with Bayside's who make a positive difference to where we live. This podcast would not be possible without our sponsors, Buxton in Bayside and Chisholm Constructions. So get on board and share the bubble love. Welcome back to the Bayside Bubble. Here we are again, Kitty Cat, you and I sitting in this little room. All by ourselves and our nuts. But, well, just saying that, people, you're nuts. <laughs> just so people understand, I have just fanged half a box of nuts. You were starving. A packet of nuts. Why is that, though? Why were you hungry? and sultanas. Yeah, no one cares about that. And Why now, were you unfortunately, <laughs> because we wanted to move this quickly, I have... They're just sitting there taunting They're you. actually in between my teeth, so I need some floss. <laughs> Too many floss. <laughs> but why are you hungry? Uh, because it's now No, late. what did we just do? Oh, we played golf. We did. It was so nice to be back. Mm, it's a great feeling. Yeah. The beauty about um, coming out of COVID restrictions is once you start getting, getting that freedom inch by inch, you actually really appreciate it and you really t- do. you're actually more grateful for Yes. The game of golf and the yes. things you can do. Yes, and um, new Sandy Clubhouse as well. That's going to be spectacular when it can be fully it opened. Is. But I'm very excited by the news that there'll be a drinks cart that will go around <laughs> <laughs> and a food cart. So I'm very happy That's with that. That's so awesome. I yeah. love that idea. Yep. <laughs> Obviously got something to do with being part of Royal Melbourne. <laughs> I don't I'll, care what it, I'll take it. Oh, I'm taking it too. <laughs> what are we talking about today? We are talking about favourite songs. Ah. Or, or favourite songs, not exactly well, favourites. Yeah. Songs that we have connected with for whatever reason. Yes, and as usual, I feel like mine are completely left of centre. Mm, yeah, but that's just me really, isn't it? Because you are weird as. Correct. <laughs> but that's why we love you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that's when you started going through your songs and told me what they were, I was really excited because one, I don't even know what it is, um, and you know word for word. But let's go through them, Kitty Cat. Do you want to, would you like to start? Sure. I'll start with probably the most random one, and it's Vice by Grandmaster Mel Mel and the Furious Five. From Miami Vice. Correct. So this was on the Miami Vice soundtrack. It was an album. It was a compilation album. Right. And I bought it with some money I made from whatever little job I was doing at the time in the 80s. What job were you doing in the 80s? Oh, God. I worked as a, um, I worked behind the counter at a tennis centre. Right. That was my main job. That's good. There was a couple of others. Anyway, um, so Vice, and yes, I know all the words, and my friend and I um, found, um, practiced all the words, and we can still sing them to today, and I was in Adelaide for her 50th when we could travel a few months ago, and we sang it together and that serenaded the room. Awesome. That's fantastic. <laughs> so and I went onto YouTube, um, and uh, I, I looked for the song, and I found it, and so it's it's on YouTube, and the, I 
funny thing was reading the comments, and the comments are always the best bit around videos and social media these days, and there are a select group of us, a very small group of us who knew about this song and who know all the words. There's a group. I'm not happy to be identified as part of that group, but there's a very select few. And so it was great to connect with random people. Well, Um, I would say not a group. I'd say it's probably called a cult. Yeah. (laughs) A bunch of losers, more likely. So, So the question would be a compilation of what year? 1986. 1986. And you were watching Miami Vice to get into the song? No, so I loved Miami Vice because um, Crockett was just hot as Don Johnson. Yeah, um, Don. Yeah, and I loved loved the show as well. I used to watch all the cop shows in the 80s. Oh, Stacking Cagney and Lacey. Oh, Stacking, yeah. Yeah, What was that? The the one set in New York, something blues. Oh, yes, I know the blues one. And Columbo and... That's a bit old. Yeah, but I'm I old. I didn't watch that. And also that the one old. I mentioned before, which I've forgotten already. Kevin and Lacey? No, the other one. Quincy? Starsky I and watched Hutch. Quincy. Starsky and Hutch. They were both they hot. Were, and they were hot. Mm. On their motorbike. It's mm-hmm. to think. Chips. <gasps> chips. That was chips. chips. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we're, we're digressed anyway, again. Anyway. So, so, so my question to you is. a random song. Yeah. So my you, first rap song ever. Yes, like. it is a rap song. Mm. So I heard a power of it the other day. Actually, it was in tune too. Yeah, it was actually not bad. Okay, so. So you've just kept that song with you for all that time? I've, I remember the words. It was something, you know, my friend and I who are still friends together bonded over and I loved Miami Vice and, you know, everything else that was going on in your teenagehood. That was just, that just reminds, I'm very nostalgic when yes. I hear it. Yes, okay. So, yes, it's a very nostalgic good. song for me. That's so that's song. my first one. What's your first one? My first one is um, a song called Rome by the B-52s. And it was first recorded in 1989 and it made the US top 10 and it appeared on the billboard in the US as number three. The reason why it is such a special song for me is because I am a Roma and I love Mm travelling. And it was in 1989 when I was travelling and I went away for six months and I stayed for three and a half years (laughs) and... um, it was right in the middle of that period mm-hmm. that it came. Beautiful. On the, on the, on the actual radio. Mm-hmm. Um, and the vocals are incredible. Yeah. So there's two ladies, Kate Pearson and Cindy Wilson. And one plays the first, sings the first verse. Mm-hmm. And the second lady, Cindy, sings the second verse. And then they sing the third verse together. Right. Um, and the lead, the guy Fred, who's the main guy on B-52s, does zero. Mm-hmm. He always stands back and plays with the, um, the tambourine. Um, and it was top ten in Canada. Ireland and New Zealand. And what I love about it is their video. They have this incredible video where they've got amazing footage of, you know, exotic locations like Africa and yeah. India and it's just really funny. Yeah. Um, so it's just a call out to go and see the world. Yeah. Yeah. A happy song. It's a really yeah. happy song. Lovely. Done. Lovely. Okay. Well, my second one um, is one that surprised you the very first time you <laughs> realised I loved it. Yes. <laughs> It's Rain on the Scarecrow by John Cougar Mellencamp, as he was known then. Don't 
Yeah, he was Johnny Cougar and then John Cougar and then John Mellencamp and John yes, Cougar Mellencamp. Yes, he's had oh my so gosh. many different. I, I still find, I think he's a great artist. Yes. So whatever he is at the time, it was John Cougar Mellencamp at the time. Again, it was an album rather than a CD. Um, and uh, again, I know all the words because that's what I did. And his whole album was about uh, the the desperate um, times that, well, not the desperate times, but uh, small town America. Yes. And, yes. You know the 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 things that were um, important to them. So one of the songs on the album is um, "Small Town" as well. Um, but this one specifically, he wrote because he did a charity event. You know, in a in a local town, and he realised how desperate the farmers were because of grain prices. And apparently, there was this political um, argy bargy going on with Russia at the time around trading and grain, and they were having a trade war, and so they were just cutting grain prices, and the farmers were feeling the pinch literally. Okay. Yeah. So that's what the the song is about. Okay. Um, and then the music video as well. So again, I went on YouTube, and um, it's made. Uh, so you had some of the farmers talking at the start and then part of the music video is the farmers themselves. That's really cool. On the farm. You've made me want to go and look at the video. There you go. Yeah. That's there a great go. history. So so the reason why you, again, know all the words. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because you just went over that's and over That's what again. I just okay. yeah. did. Yeah. yeah. That's what you did. Yep. And and as an album, right, you yes. couldn't rewind and stuff, so you'd have to pick the needle up and yeah. put it on again. Yeah. So I never, whenever I, I put an album on to actually play it rather than to learn the words, you could hear the rut oh, where, where, <laughs> where I'd go around, 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 around again. You've just um, brought a, a great memory back for me where I have, when you got a, your album out yeah. and you'd, It'd be that cardboard album, and you'd have to prise it open to pull the insert out with the all the sleeve. lyrics, the yeah, sleeve, yeah. and you'd pull it out. And yeah. it, sometimes it would get caught on the insides, yes, so yes. you had to be really careful how to put it back. But those years were great reading they the lyrics. Were fun, weren't they? Yeah, they were fun. Yeah, that's a great song. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Would you like to hear my second one? It's a beautiful day by you two. So I'm a big U2 fan, but that song Great came out in 2000. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was one of the, f- interesting fact, it was one of the first major releases made available for download. So fans could stream it before it was released. Ah, nice. Yes. Good fun fact. Yes. Do you remember that song they forced released? Yes, I do. That didn't go down well, it, no, did it? it? No, they had a lot of issue mm, with that. Clash, a lot of, yes, yeah, but yes. So this beautiful day, again, I was travelling and um, I was in America actually and I heard it first airplayed on radio and I was just in love. Um, but the main meaning of the song was explained by Bono and it's about a man who had lost everything yeah. um, but was still finding joy in what he has. Gosh. So that's great. And it was inspired by Bono's experience with Jubilee 2000. Oh, yeah? Which was a benefit urging politicians to drop the world debt. Um, So that's the reason why he said we've got to be happy with what we've got. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So that was a lovely one. That's a lovely Um, song. Also, in 2000, it was featured in the Sydney Sydney Olympics for Uh, all their um, commercials and coverage. Yeah. Yeah. So it just brings back 
gives me goosebumps mm-hmm. when I listen to it and mm-hmm. I sing, sing very loudly. Yes. And I don't sing very well, but at least I sing loudly. Yes, and there's a lot of positive um, feelings that you have connected from 2000 for you, like Correct. the travel and the Olympics and things. Yes, so. and I was pregnant with Skinner and all those lovely oh. things. Okay, no, I had Skinner actually. I was pregnant when it was released. Oh, there you go. And then I had Skinner in 2000. Yes, okay. Yeah. okay. Beautiful. Your third? <sighs> You're going to love this one. Snoopy versus the Red oh, Baron. God, help me. I would never have ever, ever thought that would be. Do you know what? I had this song. There was a thing in the 80s where you had these, um, what were they called, novelty songs that were on the charts. Okay. You know, things like Kevin Bloody Wilson and stuff like that. It was was a thing back then. Um, So this one, I love, you're going to love the story behind this one more than the actual song itself. So Dick Holler was a writer in um, Tennessee, obviously, um, who loved planes and in particular the Red Baron. Right. Right. Um, so he, he um, saw that there were a couple of country songs that got released based on World War II incidences. So he thought, hey, I love the Red Baron, you know, I'll write this song. So he wrote it, nothing to do with Snoopy at the time. And then he spent a day recording it in his studio and adding, you know, flight noises and, and machine gun noises and all the rest of it. And he took it to um, to the publishing houses and nobody wanted it. Yep. So it sat on the shelf. It was crap. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so it sat on the shelf for three years. Now, um, he was then, three years later, he saw a cartoon strip where Charlie Schultz, the um, the illustrator of Snoopy, yep. had illustrated um, Snoopy towing the Red Baron. And what had happened is that his producer had known about this song and he put two and two together. Not the writer himself, not Charles Schultz, but the producer went, Ah, ah, we can do something about that. Um, so what he did was his producer got someone else to record it, one of his new um, bands that he had signed, the Royal Guardsmen, and um, and they recorded it and it became very popular now, popular. Guess what country per capita was the highest um, country that had the popularity of, like, it was number one for six weeks. Okay. So it was, um, I would say, I wouldn't say it's obvious it was America. So I think it must be Australia. Correct. Yeah. (laughs) And I was one of those (laughs) people. So it it got to number two or three in the States for a while, Um, but it was, you know, everybody loved it um, and, what you're going to love this end of this wrapping I this story so. up now. The writer was a single father working during the day. He had two sons and playing in a piano bar at night because, you know, he loved it. And so this plus some other Snoopy songs that he was then commissioned to write allowed him to work full-time as a writer. Oh, that is sensational. Oh, that nice. does That's pull at my nice. heartstrings. That's very good. That's very, yes. very oh, good. Oh, sorry, one last thing. Sorry, just before you yeah, do, go. what year? 19, oh gosh, I wrote it. Gosh, I don't know. Okay, I we'll didn't get that date. We'll come back to it later. Somewhere, That's sometime. Okay. Ross would have played it by now, yes. but I'll sing you a few lines. 
The Bloody Red Baron in Vernon of Germany. I, I wouldn't. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on. 10, 20, 30, oh, 40. Okay. Just okay. Yes. The Bloody Red Baron. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. You want me to sing some more? No, thank I'm you. So it's a slow start, but we yeah, got there. It's beautiful. Yeah. Last final fun, fun, fun fact Leonardo DiCaprio lip synced the first few lines in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. <laughs> I did my research. I love that. There well, you go. Except for what year it was so, released. I think it was so, 1966 or something okay, like that. Okay, that long. Yeah, yeah. No, okay. Yeah. I love the best bit is the, fa- the father with, you know, using their royalties to correct, look after his kids. Correct. Yep. Lovely story. Yes. Thanks very much. Okay. Last mm-hmm. one. Yep. Go. I love Annie Lennox and um, massively. I'm a massive fan. Anything that comes out about Annie, I read and um, I listen to all her songs. But she had um, many wonderful years with Dave Stewart and the Eurythmics. Um, but when they split and separated the band in 1990, um, Annie wrote, well, she was very worried about writing again. So she thought there's another song in the Eurythmics that they play called Right By Your Side and mm-hmm. that song's about being by Dave Stewart's side yeah. because she was very melancholy and she she's more of an introvert. So she needed the Dave Stewart and he was always a bit excited and, you know, extroverted. So when they did split up, unfortunately, she had that, oh, God, I don't think I can, can do no. this. I'm really worried about continuing my my um, career. my career and can I even write a song? Yeah. So she sat down and within 10 minutes wrote the song Why. which is off the album Diva, which is my favourite album of all time. Um, and in that 10 minutes, she wrote it. And at the time of her life, the song Why is you're questioning everything about your life and you don't know the answers, but there's a lot of questions. And they actually say, I actually read something that Annie said. She said, I think this song expresses something of a sense of I need to take a stand and say this. It's almost testifying Frank Sinatra's My Way. Okay. So it's about looking at the aftermath of things. So okay. something that's happened that's not great. Yeah. How can I fix it? Why? Why has it happened? And sometimes you just don't unravel that. Sometimes there is no why. There's sometimes a, and it's that's just right. Happened. It just happened. Yeah. So don't spend too much time doing the why. Mm-hmm. Get on there and do my way and yeah. find your find your own way. Lovely. So at that time of her life, when she wrote that, she was thirty seven. Um, so you know, she was a mum to two girls. Her dad died. Um, she was a solo artist um, and really concerned about how she'd go and whether she'd still re- retain a th- being famous. Mm-hmm. And she did because that album went to number one in the UK. Awesome. That's my favourite. That's a great, yeah. great, great story. Yeah. And, and it also yes. reached number five in the UK, number 34 in the US and number one in Italy. Ah, and I thought when I read thing. that fact, I thought, yes. I wonder why. So I just went a little bit yes. further. Yes, as you do. And I remembered the video of why is filmed in Venice. Uh, okay. Mm. Okay. So obviously so, they, yeah. Yeah, nice. Well, they're great. They were, they were six great stories, perhaps not six great songs from my mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, they were interesting ones. Yeah, yeah interesting. Yeah. yeah, and like yeah. you say, connect, a connection. Yeah, and I'm not listening to Snoopy and the Red Baron now. Yeah. I hope not. Well, <laughs> I'd hope not. <laughs> I know the words. Well, I don't know the words to that one enough. Mm. Disappointing. I need Maybe to what we go could, back and listen. You probably do. Maybe what we could do with this is ask, 
um, Ross to play his favourite song for us at the last bit. Oh, right at the end. At the right at the end. And it doesn't tell us what it is. And then next and time we talk about it. And give us a bar. Give us a bar or a couple of bars. Yes. And then we have to guess We have it. to guess. Okay, Ross, there that, we go. That's your, that will keep the, um, that's your homework, Ross. And that will keep the listeners interested as well. <laughs> just. Because we're really struggling right now. That's right. The, <laughs> the silent producer is now our third guest on the show. <laughs> <laughs> on that note. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Okay, see you later. Bye. Bye. Hey, everyone, it's Ross here. Turns out it's quite difficult to pick just one favourite song, but I'd say this one is definitely in my top five. The reason I've gone for this one is because actually my first tattoo features some of the lyrics from this song. So I hope you enjoy. You've been listening to the Bayside Bubble. If you've enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support us, you can like, subscribe and leave a review on your favourite podcast platform. Or if you have no idea what that means, just tell your family and friends, the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker, whoever will listen. Catch all the latest from us on Insta and Facebook and take a look at our website, baysidebubble.com.au while you're at it. And of course, this podcast would not be possible without Buxton Real Estate and Chisholm Constructions. So thanks again. We'll see you next time on the Bayside Bubble.